On this episode of the Naturist Living Show, Nude Theater. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome to the latest episode of The Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschain. I'm your host for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. And I'm also the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And today we're going to talk about nude theater, naturist theater. Nudity in the arts is nothing new. It's uh, been very uh, common throughout the ages. Whether nudity was acceptable in general society or not, it always has been acceptable in the arts. And the artists have always tried to play with that. Sometimes they used it, of course. They used it because they know that it attracts a certain prurient interest um, to their works. But uh, it's also a way of pushing the boundaries and uh, questioning how we are and how we feel about ourselves and our relationship to the body, which is, of course, what naturism is all about. But before we talk about theater specifically, I actually want to talk about a movie. Um, in episode 29, two episodes ago, I talked about uh, Act Naturally, the movie that's uh, coming out, and uh, I interviewed J.P. Riley, who was the director and uh, co-creator of the movie, and I was very fortunate um, to receive an advanced copy of that movie for reviewing, and I love it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, it's really well put together. It, it truly is a professional Hollywood-style movies with, uh, you know, professional actors and a professional director and done with a professional crew. Um, it's really well edited. It's interesting. Um, and most importantly, finally, a naturist movie that does not exploit naturists. It's a, it's a nice story, uh, really well put together, well acted. There's a few performances actually that were really stellar in the movie some really good acting um, it's a light-hearted movie of course uh, it's a bit of a comedy with some drama but it does a really great job of presenting naturism and i hope they make it i hope they get this in fairly wide distribution being in an indie movie i'm sure it's not going to hit your main screens anywhere but if they manage to raise enough money to make a print and uh, you probably heard it takes fifty thousand dollars to do that um, then they can get some fairly wide distribution across North America, and that would be a great way to get the word out. It addresses, you know, issues, actually, that we're all dealing with in uh, many parts of the country right now, which is transition. Older clubs uh, transitioning, because without giving away too much, the plot of this movie is essentially that two sisters uh, inherit from their father uh, a naturist club. And uh, how they deal with it, neither of them are naturists. In fact, both of them are estranged, so how to deal with each other. And the unexpected loss of their father is what the movie is all about. But in the process, we learn about uh, old clubs that are having trouble and aren't necessarily making money, and what happens when non-naturists get their hands on them. 
and how we can turn everything upside down. So in order to help JP, uh, we're going to do a preview in Toronto. Uh, he's already done a preview in New York, and he has several scheduled from for around the country. Uh, all the money raised at these previews goes towards helping uh, get the movie into distribution. And June 26th, Sunday, June 26th, we're going to have two previews, actually, in Toronto. The 5 p.m. show is going to be clothes-free. Not clothing optional, but clothes-free. So if you want to be in that show... You will have to be nude, and everybody else will have to be nude. And if the media wants to come, they'll have to take their clothes off, too. 7 p.m. will be clothing optional. So for those who want to attend uh, an archer, or they want to bring somebody who is not a naturist or not comfortable with that setting, then you can come to the 7 p.m. show. That way, everybody gets a chance. You can keep your clothes on and still see the movie. In between, J.P. Riley is actually going to drive up here. He lives in California. He's going to do a road trip. And he's going to be answering questions and talking to people. So this is also a chance for you to meet him and get more insight uh, about the movie. He said others may come, but I can't promise anything right now. So if we're lucky, perhaps we'll get some of the crew or cast to also attend. But even without any of that, this is well worth it because who knows when the next time you'll have a chance to actually screen this movie. Uh, Hopefully next year or two, it will make it to the screens. But until then, this is your only chance to see it. So June 26th in Toronto, 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. showing. I'll put a link in the show notes to all the information. You can actually buy advanced tickets. And if you buy advanced tickets, you get a free rental towel. Uh, We're going to rent towels for $2 for people who are coming otherwise. We're going to have clothes check, not coat check, because you have to be able to put your clothes somewhere. We take them off and you come in. So I think this is going to be a very interesting event, and I really look forward to it. As I said in the introduction of the show, the arts have always had a close relationship to the human body and nudity. And uh, theater is no exception. There's been a lot of plays that have had nudity in them, some very famous ones. And of course, whenever there's been a lot of nudity, it's caused a lot of uh, consternation and, uh, and controversy. Uh, Hair, for example, is one example of that. Uh, a very popular Broadway show that had nudity in at the time that was, of course cutting edge because it was mainstream and uh, a little controversial. But naturism has also generated a lot of plays. I mean, naturism being a bit counterculture has always been attractive to um, the artistic crowd, people who have a slightly different view of the world and willing to challenge things. And there's been a number of plays performed um, and written uh, about naturism by naturists. Um, Mark Story actually wrote a book called Theatre au Naturel, uh, a collection of naturist play. It's available through the Bear Boutique if anybody's interested, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And as Mark's story points out, um, there's no play within a naturist world that is best known and has been performed more often than Barely Proper, uh, also titled An Unplayable Play, written by Tom Cushing. I think the uh, best way to talk about this play actually is to read a few passages from Mark Story's book, Theatre au Naturel. 
Native New Englander Tom Cushing, a pseudonym for Charles Cyprian Strong Cushing, 1880-1941, wrote Barely Proper, never expecting to see it on a public stage. He subtitled his 1931 comedy of manners, An Unplayable Play. It tells the story of an unduly modest Englishman who meets his German fiancé's family at their home near Berlin, not knowing that they are nudists. The full nudity of male and female actors would have been a stumbling block to audiences in the 1930s, of course. Cushing was satisfied to have the New York publisher, Farrar and Reinhardt, release the play in a book form to the public. Prior to writing plays, Cushing completed studies at Yale and graduated in 1902. Because of health problems, he did not see combat duty during World War I. He served in France with the Entertainment Division of the YMCA and was a war correspondent in North Africa and the Eastern Mediterranean. Cushing never married and spent much of his adulthood taking care of his mother. His earlier plays, some of which were performed on or off-Broadway, included Sorry, 1912, Thank You, 1921, Blood and Sand, 1921, Laugh, Clown, Laugh, 1923, Out of Luck, 1925, The Devil and the Cheese, 1926, and La Gringa, 1927. From 1938 until his death from a brain tumor in 1941, Cushing worked in Hollywood as a scenario writer, never liking the job, and always wishing he could return to theatrical writing. Barely Proper has been fairly well known, if largely unread, by nudists from the 1930s to today. From nearly the moment it was published, nudist groups produced Barely Proper informally and privately for their club members and, at times, for a select number of invited guests. One of the earliest performances would have been by a Connecticut group who owned 1,200 acres of rural property for summer residences. The owners of The Hill were liberal-minded artists, scientists, and college professors who wanted an exclusive setting for summer relaxation. Many of them enjoyed communal nudity, and the others didn't mind. The September 1932 performance held on their grounds may have been the premiere of Barely Proper. In the summer of the next year, nudist Jan Gay and the theater group from her out-of-doors club produced the play again. Gay called the play the perfect situation for a presentation of the subject and one of the ablest commentaries in English on the nudist movement. She played in each of the three performances at this private camp located 30 miles outside of New York City. In the 1930s, nudists performed barely proper for further private viewing among friends and fellow club members. Beginning in the 1960s, however, nudist groups began to produce the play publicly as a means of introducing nudism to outsiders or of making money to pay for club-building projects. Again, that was an excerpt from the book Theatre au Naturel by Mark Story, a book which you can get through the Bear Boutique, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I actually have in my hands a uh, 1931 original edition of Barely Proper by Tom Cushing. Um, it's, it's neat with the internet because you can find all these old books so much more easily than you could uh, when you had to browse through stores. I think this one came from Texas or somewhere pretty far away. And the likelihood of me getting there and finding this book would have been pretty, pretty low. So um, I actually have this thought that I would like to produce the play. I don't know if I could produce it as a uh, an actual onstage play. It takes a lot more work and a lot more effort. But um, 
one of my thoughts was that I could produce this show as a radio play uh, and then put it on the Naturist Living show. So perhaps if I'm lucky, I'll be able to get this on the air um, on one of the future episodes. The play was actually also performed in Canada. Um, there was a club near London, Ontario called Somerset, uh, which, according to uh, James Wyke's book on the history of nudism in Canada, uh, performed the play to some success. As the book says, In 1972, members staged the nudist play barely proper for public audiences. Unfortunately, this club, uh, which opened in 1966, uh, closed in 1978. Uh, again, the book says that by the mid-1970s, Somerset started losing members. In 1972, a small group broke away out of dissatisfaction with the facilities and management of that club to form the London Naturist Travel Club. Others went to nearby landed clubs, particularly Ponderosa and Four Seasons, which Somerset could not match in terms of facilities. In 1978, the club ceased operation. Interestingly enough, I actually visited that uh, club last year. Uh, well, not the club, but the lands of the club. Uh, the property was for sale, and uh, members of the uh, Forest City family naturists based out of London informed me that it was for sale, and so we went to take a look. Um, there was actually mild interest uh, from a few of them in buying it, and actually the property went relatively inexpensively. It was actually a beautiful piece of land. There were still trailers on it, and uh, you could still see the uh, dinner theater where they were uh, holding uh, plays. Um, I don't know if those plays continued after it closed, but as we heard from this, they, that's probably where they performed barely proper. By getting back to new theater, at the beginning of the year, uh, Ron Scout, who is one of the directors in the Federation of Canadian Naturists, was contacted by um, someone, um, perhaps a producer, from the... Uh, a, a small theater called Theater Passe-Muraille. Uh, theater Passe-Muraille is actually a theater in Toronto that's been around for a long time. Uh, Toronto is a very rich uh, theater community, lots of theaters. This particular theater um, has been around, well, for 42 seasons. Um, they are in the current building since 1976, which is actually a, a former bakery. It's not a very large theater, it's, uh, but it's a, a theater that specializes in a lot of interesting small plays short runs and really supports the theater community and artists and they were doing a show uh, called Montparnasse. Uh, Montparnasse is uh, an area of Paris on the left bank of the Seine which in the beginning of the 20th century was famous because it was the heart of the artist community. Uh, all the famous artists were hanging out and living there and uh, hanging out there and painting there and had their lofts and their studios there. And so this play um, is actually about, uh, it's a two-women show. Uh, the characters' names are Amelia and Margaret. And they both are Canadians who leave uh, Canada to become artists and also end up being models in Paris uh, in the 1920s. Um, it's about their relationship with their bodies and it's about uh, how they are both at the same time objectified and empowered by them. Uh, they can be both enslaved by their bodies and their sexualities and empowered. It's an interesting show. And so because the two uh, actors um, spend most of the time nude, and there's a lot of nudity in the show, and it's actually about nudity because it's about being a nude model, I guess the producer thought that the nature's community would be interested. But Ron took it further and he said, well, 
why don't we have a night where natures can come and be nude in the audience? And after a lot of thinking about it, they agreed. And so March 31st was the uh, nude audience night at uh, Montparnasse in uh, Theatre Passe-Muraille in Toronto. And it was actually their most successful night. They had a near-capacity audience of 103. Uh, the majority of the uh, crowd enjoyed the show close-free, including myself and my wife and several of our friends and members of Bear Oaks. Um, there was actually people there who were not naturists, and I thought that was interesting. I thought... Uh, I wish I'd had a chance to talk to them. I didn't, but I wish I'd had a chance to talk to them to see how hard it was for them. Obviously, it wasn't hard for us. Um, it changed things a bit for the actors, but it didn't uh, have a big impact on us other than we enjoyed a night out. We enjoyed a play that was very interesting and that was very well performed. Ironically, uh, the show was on the second last day of the uh, Fashion Week in Toronto, which is this big event where there's all kinds of fashion events and shows all over Toronto and uh, but for this night the uh, fashionable thing to wear was nothing and the show in general despite besides having a, a nude audience uh, and being appreciated by naturist for the message in them it did receive good reviews uh, the Globe and Mail said that uh, Montparnasse's chief pleasure comes from the well-honed stage chemistry between Beattie and Shields those are the two actors uh, the Torontoist said that it is uh, an effective showcase for its two versatile performance, full of witty writing and beautiful moments, and to be commended for its attention to detail, both historical and topical. The newspaper Now Toronto uh, concluded that the chief reason for visiting this Montparnasse, however, are the two actors who slip into and out of their colorful characters as quickly, comfortably, and confidently as they doff their clothes. The Globe and Mail actually also published an article about the uh, March 31st quote-unquote theater in the buff performance. And uh, the, the author of that article said that it was the first time that he had heard of a theater inviting naturist to a special performance and, while I'm not entirely sure of the legality of it, why the heck not? Well, obviously, um, there's no issue with nudity. That's you know comes from people who have no knowledge or understanding of the laws and regulations with regards to nudity. And as we've discussed, uh, it's certainly not the first time that there's been a nude audience and nudity, both on stage and in the seats. So the two actors are Mev Beattie and Aaron Shields, who are uh, both the actors and co-writers of the show. And I had a chance to interview them after the show. Hi, my name is Aaron Shields, and I play Mags in the show. And my name is Mev Beattie, and I play... Amelia in the show among the two of us play a lot of other characters along the way but those are our two main parts yeah so tell me about the show what's the show about it's about nude modeling it's about Paris in the 20s it's about uh, two Canadian girls who go over to Paris in the 20s and uh, my character Mags is up for a party and she find, finds one. Um, I start uh, modeling nude for um, a number of artists and get into the scene. There was, there was quite a scene in, in Paris, very famous artists like Picasso, Leger, Modigliani, who were all painting around that time. Um, and then uh, Amelia, her friend, comes over, and she is an aspiring painter. So she comes to Paris to paint, and along the way ends up having to... Uh, pose 
for artists as well in order to make money to paint. And who created this show? Uh, we did. Um, <laughs> we we got the idea um, about five years ago because both Erin and I happened to have a big collection of art postcards from museums from around the world. And we got together to have a meeting and we re- discovered that we both had these collections, that they were mostly female subjects and mostly nudes. And so we started talking about what that means, uh, the male gaze, and most of these are painted by men, and most of them are of um, beautiful masterpieces that we now consider some of the masterpieces of our time. Um, and so we started developing uh, questions about who these women were. These We rarely know their names. We, we often know of them as being, there's a few exceptions, but most of them are are women who are are nameless and so we wanted to find their biographies and bring them to life and give them identities and that's that's what began our journey so um Aaron and I wrote all the words um but we co-created it with Andrea Donaldson our director um in studio through improvisation and writing exercises and taking the writing away and working it at home and bringing it back and reimagining it and and yeah we we spent three years part-time developing it so with some grant money along the way which was very helpful <laughs> now you, you you've given us a bit of an outline of what the story is about but it's about a lot more than that isn't it it's about mm-hmm. women relationship to each other to their bodies mm-hmm. what, what would you say what are you trying to say in the, with the story a couple of things. I think in terms of the relationship, it's it's a, a story about betrayal and friendship. So one, one friend betrays the other in a pretty profound way. Um, also a very important thing for us in making this show was the nudity and uh, challenging our audiences and ourselves to be comfortable with our bodies and to you know challenge an audience who is not accustomed to seeing naked women in front of them um, to, to just be there and sit there and watch that and enjoy that and have permission to watch that and enjoy that. So often we see naked bodies on screens and they're photoshopped and, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but that, you know, all these photoshopped images of, of women and the, the, the body myth, the beauty myth. And, and, um, so we, we, we really wanted to, um, yeah, to just, just, be naked and and get people to to in, enjoy that and also to, also to find and we've had a lot of feedback from from our audiences um, who aren't accustomed to mm. nudity on a regular basis um, a, a lot of people saying you know I was a bit nervous coming in but then you were so comfortable up on stage you were so comfortable doing it that I sort of forgot about nudity as a thing as an issue and I I not only became comfortable with you naked, but I, it made me want to feel free like that too. And it made me want to take off my clothes too mm-hmm. and, and just feel feel comfortable. So there's a strong message about the objectification of women and women are using their bodies um, to have power, but in some ways it seems to control them. Mm-hmm. That's a message that a century later almost mm-hmm. is still very relevant don't you think mm, definitely i mean i i think part of our you know as as aaron just said part of our um desire to to uh destigmatize the the um intense 
politic around the female nude. I mean, that's part of what we want to do. We want to be live, human-breathing people in the same room. And, and in fact, in some ways, we use nudity as a costume in this show. It just happens to be the most appropriate costume for that scene. And then the other scene, the most appropriate thing is a coat. And the other scene, the most appropriate thing is a painter's smock. And, and in that way, we're trying to, yes, um, both celebrate and destigmatize uh, people's conceptions of what all, all of the things that people bring into the theater about their fears and, and complicated ideas. But in terms of actual empowerment and, and questions about empowerment, I think that's absolutely, I mean, Paris and France are notorious for being... Uh, topless speeches, you know. I mean, I remember that as a young girl growing up in Ontario. That's the first thing I heard about France. I think was, oh, all the women there walk around with their tops off, and you know, and and there's there's a legacy of of the, um, culture there, but it's very often female, and it's, and it's about uh, the female as object or or sexual object or the beautiful one, and. And we're we're exploring. I mean, for me, theater asks questions; it doesn't give answers. So, what we're mostly hoping is that people will walk away thinking next time they go to a gallery, wondering who those women are in the, in the paintings. Next time they get their their they take their clothes off at the end of the day, thinking about their own body and celebrating that, and also thinking about the difference between our social ideas between male and female nudity. I mean, we. You know that there's very there was this wonderful era of Grecian sculpture and classical sculpture where the men were naked all the time, and then that sort of disappeared, and the female took over for centuries. And so we're we're curious about all that and what it means. We don't necessarily have the answers, though. <laughs> so you spend most of the play nude, and I mean not partially, but completely exposed. Had either of you done nude theater before? Uh, yes, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been a bit of a nudist myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, I've, in a number of pieces I've had, I've had nude moments, um, just because this has always been a big question for me, I think, mm -hmm. and always been a, a big thing that I wanted to, I've wanted to, to challenge. And it's always irked me being in, um, bathrooms and dressing rooms with women poking and prodding themselves so it always wants me to makes me want to take my clothes off and say like hey just let's just relax a little bit so um saying that however the first time we performed this I was three months pregnant actually 10 weeks pregnant and I hadn't told anybody yet because there's that sort of secret time so all of a sudden something that was once actually very comfortable for me and something that I was quite proud to do um, became a very unusual thing because my body was changing so much and it was a secret. Mm. So my breasts were a bit larger and my belly was getting a little bit, I don't know, it just, and just where, where I sent my breath when I was acting, like it just, everything was changing. So all of a sudden it was a little bit different for me. And I guess maybe approaching it this time was a little bit different too because I've got a postpartum body. So, you know, which is, it's just a whole... We're, we're not accustomed to thinking of postpartum bodies as the ideal in our society, yeah. which sucks because <laughs> they're pretty gorgeous, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we sort of glorify. I always think it's interesting that people always want to make casts of the 
the pregnant belly mm-hmm. and they want to make, you know, they, everyone's like, uh, loves the pregnant, the, the pregnant belly. And then as soon as the baby's out, there's this sort of shame and fear and worry that I partly experienced myself. That, oh, I'm never going to get my other body back and I've got extra flesh and what is this about? So, yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, I've, you know, when you live in a naturist world like I do, you mm-hmm. see all these bodies, every stage of life. Mm-hmm. And I actually, uh, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's one woman at, uh, at Bear Oaks and uh, mm-hmm. she's in her 80s. Mm-hmm. And she's so comfortable with herself. Yeah. And, you know, that's so beautiful in some ways, you know, it, mm-hmm. just to see her and then to see her life through her body, to mm-hmm. see the experiences that she's gone through. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really unfortunate, though, because the, most of the world doesn't see it that way. They don't get to see it. And when they do, they've been trained to say, "Ooh, I don't want to see that, yeah. which is mm-hmm. a, a very sad way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how about you, Maeve? Did you do much new theater? No, I didn't. I This was definitely my first time being uh, nude on stage, which was exciting to chart my relationship to that and, and how I remember when we first started doing nude rehearsals where we had to say, okay, well, we can't fake this anymore. We have to get used to being nude in the rehearsal hall before we get into the theater. And these are my my dearest, most trusted colleagues and friends. I couldn't be in a more safe environment. And I remember feeling incredibly self conscious and 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 comparing comparing my body to what I would have wanted it to be. But it's been such a gift because that was years ago when we first started developing this. And now it's an entirely different relationship to the to the experience. And I laughed the first time we did the full show. I had three major nude scenes in the show. And the first time, my first nude scene, I didn't even think about it. I was just in character. I was just doing my job. The second scene, I thought, what am I doing? This is crazy. Oh, my God. Everyone's seeing me. I'm being exposed. And then the third scene, by the time I got to the third scene, I thought, this is wonderful. This is exactly what I believe in in celebrating and and finding the courage and the humanist impulse to say, you know, we're just human beings and isn't this wonderful and this is this is just the way I've been made. So how are you made? And, and you know, and, and there's now I feel very, uh, I feel very empowered and grateful for the experience to have done this. And I feel like everyone should do it. Everyone should have the chance to, 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 because I think once you, someone asked me and I said, it's like crossing a line in the sand. Once you cross the line, the wind blows the line away and it was never there. So, whoops, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I felt like now that, that, now that line is gone. And Erin always inspired me. I've, we've been friends for years and I've seen her naked. perform naked many times. And, uh, and, you know, I appreciated having such a safe environment to, to coax me along the journey. But now I'm like, easy peasy. I'll do anything. <laughs> so intellectually is obviously it's your body. We all have a body. It should be okay. It's emotionally that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So being really honest, did you feel you needed to do something? Because now your body was going to be the focus of everybody's attention. Did you feel, did you prepare? Did you f- exercise more? Did you do anything and look at yourself? Mm. I think as actors, we 
do that all the time naturally. <laughs> that is the natural state of the actor is to constantly be observing the self from the outside and from the in, which often makes us horrible people to be around <laughs> because we're a little bit self-obsessed. So I, I think regardless of the part, yes, we do that. Um, in terms of, of, of being nude on stage, we grew our hair. So, you know, our, my pubic hair isn't, I don't usually keep it as long as it is. Mm -hmm. I grew my armpit hair, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, at one point I, I had armpit hair all the time and then I started shaving it and that, you know, so, um, in terms of that being in, in the, the, the time period that we're in, because um, it's our costume. It's our costume. <laughs> so I put makeup on my C-section scar, but I I don't think um, I don't think I I to be honest I didn't have time to start exercising more because uh, I have a little kid who keeps me <laughs> exercising as much as possible. I think uh, I'm I'm re- it's the difference between. And I think this is universal for everyone. It's the difference between saying, you know, I, a girlfriend of mine was just visiting me and saying, oh, I've got to get to the gym. I've got to get to the gym. She looks exactly like she's always looked. She's gorgeous. But it's about how you feel. And it's about feeling the muscles in your body and feeling the strength and, and feeling your feet on the ground and feeling gravity. And and it's not about being skinny or tight or, you know, it's about it's about being present and knowing where your body is for an actor, as Aaron just said, that's tantamount. We 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 can't go on stage unless we know what our body's doing. So for this it was just that just a little bit more to be aware of maybe my skin in a way that I wasn't before. You know, I'm I'm used to knowing where my bones and muscles are, but maybe I wasn't used to having my skin as exposed. But other than that it's it's pretty well Every process demands that of us, for sure. Mm -hmm. So tonight was a little different of a night with the audience being nude. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were you thinking ahead of time? And during the performance, do you think it changed your performance in any way? We were very excited for this performance this evening for uh, for a number of reasons. One, because it's a it it felt like a it felt like a, a special event. It felt like a, there was a real occasion around it, and everybody was pretty excited, and nobody kind of knew what it was all going to be about, <laughs> which was crazy. It's just going to be people with their clothes off. It's not going to be that that different. But what was what was a bit different is that we we. Um, um, get accustomed to, um, well, it felt like the, the whole audience didn't see theater all the time. And often in theater, we have a lot of people who see theater all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And it felt like there were a, a lot of people who came because they wanted to be part of this thing, uh, with their friends, with everybody. And so it felt like, it felt like a real cross section of people, which for me was really exciting because sometimes in theater and all the arts, you get sort of a homogeneous group of people who are very particularly interested in that, in that one particular art form, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was exciting. And then, um, and then I, I think it was fun to sort of, I can't see the audience for most of the show, but at one point I can sort of peek. And, um, when I'm waiting for her to stop talking (laughs) (laughs) so I can talk. Um, and then you got to, you got, you got to encounter our audience at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just wonderful. Just people really generous sitting there and enjoying the show and naked. 
I, I was I, I laughed with Aaron when I came off stage because my character is a prude and my character, you know, has a real journey with being terrified to be naked and be seen. She's also happens to be gay and I think she has a specific relationship to the male gaze for her nudity. Um, and then, you know, she gets more empowered and in fact too empowered by the end of the show where she she actually becomes a bit uh, of an egomaniac. But uh, I had this self-consciousness where I thought, oh, God, I, I hope they don't think that I actually think this because <laughs> I was like, this is just my character because I'm actually really celebratory and very happy and excited that we're all here experiencing this evening together. So I had this hilarious actor brain in me going, oh, God, I, I hope they don't think Mev Beatty actually thinks these things. This is just the parent part that I'm playing, which is a, a rather silly thing for an actor to be thinking while they're performing. But it, we, I think we were both just thrilled that people were interested and excited to join us tonight. I think we were just very grateful that the interest was so keen and it just felt really great to share, share our show with this community. It was great. Yeah. So that's it once again for this episode of the Naturist Living Show. Thank you as always for listening. You can find links to all the items that I mentioned uh, in the show in the show notes on the website at naturistliving.bearoaks.ca. Bearoaks, that's B-A-R-E, of course, dot C-A, because we are in Canada. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I always appreciate getting them. The show's email address is naturistliving at bearoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, of course, and dot C-A for Canada. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. Mm-hmm.